we are back. Deborah and Cass, and we're finishing up this uh, Nixa school book band project, but we've drug out the records, and Deborah is kind of going to go through some some issues with us about this book band. Deborah, what do you okay. got? Well, in a follow-up article in the newsletter from Thursday, May 5th, 2022, also by Claudette Riley, Nixa High Schools opposed the book ban. Uh, we find that instead of actually 17 groups that are involved. So we can't call them the 17 Poke? We not, can't do that? Not here, but I think Poke is something we can use nationally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I'm going to still call them the 17 Poke because okay. I think that 17 quote-unquote parents are probably in an organization, church, cult, or a parent. Oh, there you go. They fit in one of those. So uh, they they are still going to be the 17 poke. In, in the article, they do say it is one group called the Concerned Parents of Nixa group, and they filed 17 challenges. And so that's where your 17 books come from. Yeah. Um, uh, several no, 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 no. 17 requests. For, for those books. books. For 16 books. Okay. One student uh, remarked that it is restricting a lot of diverse perspectives. Ultimately, this a is a quote. What? Diverse. This, this is a quote. Diverse? Mm -hmm. Diverse. Diver diverse. Oh. Diverse. 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 Okay, there you go. Well, it's restricting a lot of diverse. diverse. <laughs> That's dirty Southern. <laughs> That's dirty Southern English. But diverse would be just diverse would be northern Missouri talk. Okay, well let's 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 get both in there. I think I don't I could be I could be correct. You could be, you could be right, time. you could be wrong. Is it go? Go. Okay. Uh, restricting a lot of diverse perspectives. Uh, ultimately, she says, um, our world is filled with people who are different than us. Trying to limit those stories and those perspectives of the authors is really harmful. Okay, hang on just one second. I spilt my wine on the keyboard. Well, I'm out of wine. Let's just be honest. She's out of wine. I spilt mine on the keyboard. I need cleanup. She needs a refill. Hang on. We'll be right back. Quick break. All right, so I think I got all the wine out of the keyboard before it sunk down into the circuits, and you've got replenished, and we left off with... Um, a student quote. Going on, this student says that the book's chosen for the library have already been vetted by trained librarians and educators. Trained. Trained. Did I not say trained? Or did I screw it up because I've had wine? It's that dirty southern talk. It is? Okay. <laughs> um, you know how they how they talk down in Georgia? They're like, darling, come on up here from some sweet tea. And it sounds sweet yeah, and, they and say, sexy. But when we say it, it's dirty. It's just, <laughs> it's just not refined like they say it. So that's why I call it dirty southern talk. Gotcha. Um, it's not sexy. It's just slang. Uh, Nixa students also um, pointed out what we had said earlier, and that was that many of these books deal with difficult or complex topics such as racism, poverty, abuse, and gender and sexual identity. And by reading them, we can understand we can identify with people that are going through the same things that we did or in, as anybody had and so that's what the, the the students are pointing out is that it does relate these books relate to us 
And the things well, that we have to deal with exactly. every day. Exactly. That we outgrew and forgot about, apparently. They also bring up the fact that already in the curriculum are things that deal with these very issues. For example, Brave New World by Aldous Huxley, and you, uh, which talks about sex, has sexual content. And um, that's in the curriculum. That's in the curriculum. And you suicide in Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Okay. So we've already got it in the curriculum. What is the deal? They're wanting to know. That child, whoever said that, quoted well, that's that. several. It's several different students. That they said that so much more eloquently than, than I, I tried <laughs> to discuss <laughs> in the last in the first podcast. Like, go ahead. Okay. She says, um, I do ban these books as part I do value excuse me I do value these books as part of the curriculum and the last thing I want is for those books to be challenged as well but the way the ban is being justified directly goes against the curriculum and is very hypocritical another student pointed out again as you and I had earlier in that parents are wanting to take away things from our library we don't get that choice we don't get the choice where and again if we, you're taking away that child's choice. We can go back to our book list. Are you ready? Ready. All right. Number eight is Wind Up Girl by Paolo Busigalop. No, it's Baki. Okay, Baki Gallop. I think it's Baki Gallop. So. Boy, you got me. Paolo Baki Gallop. Baki Gallopy. There you go. You got it right there. I'm leaving. Wikipedia says. A bio, I love this book already, and I haven't read it. I just, just the description, wind-up girl, really? That is so cool. Okay, Wikipedia says, a biopunk science fiction novel. Biopunk means, I had to look it up, a sub-genre Genre. Sub-genre. Yes, Miss English teacher. No, I was science teacher, but I'm an author. And I'm from a podunk town school. <laughs> it's okay. I'm going to take that out because I don't want to. I don't want to disrespect my school. We did the best we could. Sub subgenre. A subgenre. A subgenre of science fiction that focuses on biotechnology. It's derived from cyberpunk involving biohackers, biotech mega corporations and oppressive government agencies why did i not think that was going to be in there on a banned book thing <laughs> okay oppressive government agencies that manipulate human dna i have no idea why they would want to ban that <laughs> sarcasm is seeping out crazy like okay it examines the dark side of genetic engineering Represents the low side of biotechnology. <sighs> Sounds like a good book. <laughs> Sounds like a freaking movie to me. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Wind up gal, can you Okay, let's just... Okay, Goodreads. That's my other go-to for uh, book reviews because I haven't read the book. Goodreads says, Anderson Lake is a company man, Agrigen's calorie man in Thailand. He's undercover as a factory manager as he combs Bangkok's street markets in search of foodstuffs thought to be extinct, hoping to reap the bounty of history's long-lost 
calories. See, calories is worth more than George Washington's now. So, he's in search of the histories of lost calories. Then he encounters Amico. Mm-hmm. Amico is the wind-up girl. Now, wind-up girl, did you have wind-up toys when you was a kid? For sure. Just think of the monkey. Wasn't there, a, there was wind-up tops? Wasn't there wind-up tops mm-hmm. or something? I didn't have a wind-up monkey. We was poorer than you. But I know what you're talking about. Okay. Amico is the wind-up girl, a strange and beautiful creature, one of the quote-unquote new people. Amico is not human. She's an engineered being. Check. Oh, that's... Print. Oh, we can't... Yeah, we we, don't know that word. No, we don't have English for that. It's not French. Crutch. It, it might crutch is what it looks like, but I don't know how you pronounce it. I was thinking, you know, when I was right. Anyway, she was grown and programmed to satisfy the decadent whims of a Kyoto really? businessman. That's a town. I was going to say Kyoto. No, Kyoto. Kyoto is a town. Okay, the whims of a Kyoto businessman, now abandoned on the streets of Bangkok, regarded as a soulless being or devils, new people, quote unquote are slaves, soldiers, and toys of the rich in a chilling near future in which calorie companies rule the world. The old age has passed, and the side effect of bioengineered plagues. Ooh. Plagues. We're talking plagues. Okay. The bioengineered plagues run rampant across the globe. What happens when calories become currency? Bioterrorism's drift forces mankind to the cusp of post-human evolution. I want to see the movie. That's like Matrix. You're also talking about bio-warfare here. Bio-warfare. Yeah, when you're talking about plagues, things like that. Yeah, one country's got it. We're going to put it out on another one. That's how we're going to get you. That's how we're going to decimate all of them. All your people are going to die. We've got the only antidote. Okay, but... Okay, so they make this... Amika, this girl that's a sex toy, right? Well, this humanoid thing, maybe. It's not a girl. It's a machine. It's a non-human. Oh, that's true. It doesn't say sex. Ooh. Well, a slave. You can have a sex slave. Yeah, but... But she's, well, she's there to do the bidding of the rich. There is no she. Oh, yeah, girl. Wind-up right. girl. So she's there to do the bidding of the rich. The rich can program her, in the way to, I'm understanding to. it, to do anything they want. Sex. Whether you want to be, whether you want to be a sex you know, toy, Japan did that. Well, it did say toy. I want to say Japan did that, like five or six years ago. It did say toy. They it made did say sex, soldier. They made robot women just for. Yeah. Do you not remember that? Do yeah. we need to pause and no, Google that? I do remember, but she's a, she she can be programmed for anything, and they do say toy. They do say soldier. They do say at the whims of the, you know, a slave. For the elite. She's not human. She's engineered being whatever that word is, grown and programmed. programmed to satisfy the decadent sati- whims. So sexually satisfy them, businessmen. Now she's abandoned. So what? They're done? Oh. See what I'm saying? That I. How much artificial um, intelligence does she have? When I because was, by golly. You know, when I was reading this, I was thinking of that movie, AI. Remember? Uh-huh. Did you see that movie? Uh-uh. Oh, I saw Lucy. they wanted that little boy so bad. And they made the little boy, and then they 
either had or found a human yeah. boy, so they... Well, that's the thing. If, if they've got artificial intelligence, what's she going to evolve into? I'm just saying oh. that everybody watched that movie. I'm sorry. But you want to ban this book. That's where I was going. Where are you going? I was just rem- I, I was just thinking about the possibilities of this happening in real life. We're talking about high school band books. I know, but I went Calm ahead. down. I know, I went ahead. Well, I was thinking of the movie. No, I was thinking of the movie, what you could do with this in the movie. If she's going to evolve with her artificial intelligence, Does she? and she has, no, it doesn't say that. But I'm th- you said this could be a movie. So I'm thinking in the movie... Does she go back and now, if she's evolved as an artificial intelligence, does she go back and now does she get uh, back at these people who... uh, I read this and I thought, this sounds intriguing and who in the world has a brain that could think up of such a scenario like this and why not? And if they can, then why wouldn't we want to know where they were going with it? But these 17, they're not pokes anymore what are they so this parent group who has banned these 16 books tpg this parent group <laughs> it was one group this parent group PG's, but pg tv parental guidance yes yeah. i got gotcha. you yeah parental guide but, want- but it's not guidance it's banning Guidance would be you would put like a, a, a little thing like you do on your video games, uh, not recommended for 14 No, guidance would be like, this sounds like such a crazy idea, but it sounds kind of cool. Well, that, not the book. No, I mean, I mean, guidance would be like a guidance to this book saying, but what could go wrong with this book? And what could go right with this book? How could this book help society? And how could this book fail society? That's guidance. But it's a parental. PG. No. No. So. No. Hang on a minute. I gotta set my wine glass down and turn the page. Book number nine. Thirteen Reasons Why by Jay Asher. Mm. 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 Can you read? From Goodreads, we have Clay returns home from school to find a strange package with his name on it. Mm. It's lying on his porch. Inside are several cassette tapes recorded by Hannah, his classmate, and Crush, who committed suicide two weeks earlier. Hannah's voice says there's 13 reasons why she ended her life. Clay is one of them. If he listens, he'll find out why. Clay spends the night with the tapes as his guide. He crisscrosses his town. He becomes first-hand witness to Hannah's pain. He follows Hannah's recorded words, and what he discovers changes his life forever. Again, a movie-makeable story most likely I would watch. I have not read the book, but why ban it? A girl takes her own life, and someone who has a crush follows her direction to learn why. Remember that TV series, Heaven Can Wait? Oh, I remember. Very good show. Do you remember? Like, I do. Yeah. Having, uh, um, what's his name? I can see his Michael face. Landon. Michael Landon. Della Reese. And yeah. they kind of walked through. Yeah, they were, yeah, angels helped these people. Right. It was, great. It was a good show. Very so good show. this book could be on that plane or am I on oh, a stretch? Oh, you are, so, no, you're am there. I, you're there. That's what that. I thought. When I read this, that's what I thought. This is a heaven can wait movie series that we grew up watching on TV, which 
um, angels coming to earth to help people through this these kind of situations, right? Right. A girl takes her own life, and someone who has a crush follows her direction to learn why. Remember that TV series, Heavens Can Wait. This sounds like a story for that program. Love, loss, pain, empathy, and lessons learned. But made the band book list. Remember the TV series, Quantum, Quantum Leap? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scott Bakula. Oh, was he hot? He was hot. <laughs> he still I does. had the biggest crush on him. Uh, still yeah, do. I still do. Quantum Leap. Yeah. Empathy is what I am guessing this book is all about. Well, I empathy. also see I also see love. 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 Hurt. It is yes. And especially when you bring in the idea of these angels and We don't know I, I'm sorry. Right. Especially when you, you bring in, in the idea of heaven can um Heaven can wait. Heaven can wait. Uh, and these that's angels, what, and these angels, love was the most important thing. Well, that's what hit me when I was reading this preview. Is that I thought immediately, heaven, that TV series, heaven can wait, because Google it. It was well done. Oh, well done. It. Yeah, it was very good. Even if you're not a religious person, it was very well done. And that's what this book reminded me of: is that we don't. I didn't read the book, so I don't know. I don't know why Hannah is no longer with us. I don't know why she left the cassettes for Clay to find and figure out. If there was a reason, I don't know. But if this was a movie series on Heaven Can Wait, we could see all of that. But Nixa wants to ban this book. They don't want us to know any of this. And I don't... What was the Jimmy Stewart movie they play every year? Oh, the... Christmas thing? The Christmas one. What's he wanting to do? Commit suicide. And isn't there a heaven, an angel that comes down and shows him what would happen? Say the name. I can't think of it. Because I have never watched that movie all the way through. I just haven't. I see bits and pieces of it. Of but the that's bell. What it's, yeah, but that's what it's all about. The it's bell, about, angel wings. And it's about him wanting to end his life. And everybody... And... And an angel comes down and says, this is what happens if you're not here. This is what happens to your wife. This is what happens to your family. This is what happens to this community. This is what, and he changes his mind. That's what that's all about. And everybody loves that movie. You know, it's a wonderful life. And when you ring that bell, an angel gets his wings. It's a wonderful life. The movie. Yep. Okay, so that's what I was thinking about this book. So I can't imagine somebody wanting to ban this book. Um, but that's how we've kind of felt about the others, too. And, and what it boils down to is that we can't imagine wanting to ban a lot of these books simply, simply because they, they may relate. not... They relate. Yeah, they and, relate. And but we, simply because we might not agree with something in them. Somebody can't learn something from it. I was or just we ourselves say, can't. Think about us reading that and exposing... I was just going to think that we've, we've, we've watched movies that are based on... Mm-hmm. Things like this book that we grew up with, and every Christmas we want to watch, or every season, it's like I got to watch this movie because every year we do it, and it's a beautiful story. But that's what this Hannah, what is it? That's what this Clay Hannah book is all about. She, they had a relationship. Oh, Hannah, Hannah. She had a relationship. She recorded songs or stories or thoughts and things and whatever that they had through that relationship 
And for whatever reason, she took her own life. And she left that for Clay to figure out. Because she didn't want him to hurt. Is what I'm thinking. I'm guessing, because we have not read the book. We don't know. No. We, we're just guessing. But I think it's crazy to ban it, even though we haven't read it. I know that sounds stupid. But just from the research on what the book portrays, I think... You know, I think everybody in their life at one time considers suicide. I do. And for whatever reason, we decide not to. Again, who's not going to relate to that moment in time in their lives? And who's not going to reevaluate and think, I did right by not doing it? So many positive things can come from this. And again... I, 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 by reading you expand your horizon, by reading you expand your mind, by reading you expand your experiences. They may not pr- be personal, well, but they will relate to something that is personal for you. By reading, you can understand that you're not the only one in that situation. Exactly. And I think that's the most you're important thing. You're not alone any longer. You're not alone. This is what happened to me, and this is what I did. Think about what you can do if this is happening to you so you don't end up where I ended up. And that, to me, is the golden rule. However, we're going to go on to book 10. Book number 10 is called Fun Home, a family tragicomic. And this book has gotten so much media attention. I just, okay. It's by Allison Bechtel. It's by Allison Bechtel, a graphic memoir Allison charts her relationship with her late father, Bruce. Her father was an English teacher and a director of the town funeral home, which was referred to as the Fun House. I'm assuming, I'm guessing, I don't want to assume, I don't want to be an asshole. I haven't read the book. I'm guessing that Fun House was just, you know, to take the darkness off of kind of like cop humor yeah yeah yeah. okay so he was the director of the fun house by the family oh it was referred to as the fun house by the family in college allison comes out as a lesbian and discovers her father is also gay a few weeks later bruce dies leaving a mystery for allison to resolve sounds like an interesting book i can only guess that the Nixa team of book banners don't like that Allison, who was never groomed, comes out lesbian. Then, to find out that her father was gay, the fact that a college student discovers her true identity or that her father was gay and what? Taught Allison how to be gay? This is a book for teenagers late life teenagers can we call them late life teenagers because they are teenagers Younger, yeah, yeah yeah that are coming to the end of that traumatic of traumatic that traumatic hormone imbalance that is just that, that I taught them no i know that but we are kind of advanced well, we are way past that age that hormonal thing but you remember just us going through this book list you remember some of the hormones that we went through that we so here is a book that a teenager can read while in high school and that if they find out that later after high school 
maybe they're not heterosexual, that maybe that's okay. Or what? What What are your thoughts? Cause my thoughts are, my thoughts are, it sounds like a good mystery. I don't care if they're gay or lesbian or whatever. I want to know. It sounds. I want to know what the, the deal mis- was I with I want to know what the mystery is. No, okay. Leaving a mystery for Allison to resolve. That's what I'm interested in. I don't care. It could have been anybody if they were gay or not. What I'm interested in is the mystery. Well, the mystery and the thought of, she's probably thinking, what did Dad go through that he had to hide this? Or what did Dad... Well, we don't know. We, that's, this is, we haven't read the book. Uh, but it's a mystery that book. she has to resolve. I want to read the book now, don't you? Yeah, a mystery she has to resolve. So it has more to do than what him just going through being gay. Mm. In a place where it didn't exist. Or her. Right. It has to do with a mystery. And and, okay? and and nowhere in here was anybody groomed? No. You think? No. He's hidden it all these years. For she didn't out even loud. know. She didn't know. No. She didn't realize it because it wasn't part of her life. Um, she wasn't groomed by a school teacher or a parent or anybody. She just figured or out. Or the guy next door. She just figured or out. Or TV or a book. I just think you know. Everybody knows. And some people hide it and some people can accept it and some people can't. And maybe it's the people who can't accept it that want to ban these kind of books because they don't want anybody to know that they couldn't accept yeah. that they might be. I don't know. I don't care. I think it's stupid that we cannot have educational tools that say... But you have to understand, too, they are the ones that are getting the press right now, too. Well, they're but pretty, the, they're, they're incognito. They're everywhere. They're incognito, the little cowards. But I, I always used to wonder, as because they will not allow their, the braces off their brains, as we've talked about. That's cowardly. No, they're cowards because they want to hide behind something. They want to hide behind a rule, but exploit another rule to say you can't have access to this because I, who you don't get to know who I am, say you can't. Yeah. That's what that's I call coward. a coward. Yeah. That's and that's coward. what I think these... This group is. And what are they called? This concerned parent group. Anyway, we're going to move on to book number... Number 11. The Glass Castle by Jeanette Walls. Now, okay, I own this book. I have been reading this book. Just because you like the name of the author? No. <laughs> Because it was on the list. Oh, because it was on the list. Okay. Um, here's what i got to say about this book. And I didn't even look it up. This is what i got to say because I read it. Some of it. Almost all of it. Almost all of it, and I'll explain later. Disclaimer. <laughs> the Glass Castle by Jeanette Walls. Well, I own this book. It is a very hard book to read, in my opinion. I cannot even imagine a teenager trying to read this book. But I can relate to Jeanette Walls. I won't explain why. Anyway, I couldn't finish the book only because her writing style is very difficult to read. And, and, and I'm guessing when somebody writes a memoir, they are just not concerned about the writing style or anything. They are just trying to write down their memories as quickly as they can is what I am guessing And that child had memories. Anyway, I couldn't finish the book only because her writing style is very difficult to read. Some books, you can't put it down until you finish it. This book, 
I had to push myself to read it. I don't know why. It was heavy with her challenged life. It was just the writing style. I couldn't continue. So I had to read ahead and confirm some mental issues with the parents. Honestly, I cannot imagine a teenager completing this book. I'll just tell you what I remember from reading the book is that she's telling the story of herself as a, as a young child. Her parents, you don't find out until later, have some mental issues. Her mother comes from a very, 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 very well-to-do family. And there were times that her grandparents intervened and assisted, but Jeanette's parents would just pack them up and move, and they would just move. It's almost like the dad was maybe schizophrenic, sort of, but however, he he was always trying, the glass castle is he always said he was going to build a glass castle, a glass house. The children survived. Jeanette was raped. So maybe that's why they want to ban it. I don't know. Or maybe they want to ban it because her parents were not exactly mentally stable. But Ideal. The thing of it is, is everywhere they moved, they survived. She was an artist. She painted and sold paintings. And they had a garden. And then her father was just like out in another world. He was always going to invent something or do something, and it never, ever came to be, and they would survive, and she told stories of their survival, but in the end, it ended up that Jeanette married, and so she, I guess she was writing this book as a way, because I skipped ahead. Her sister became very professional, very well-to-do. There were some siblings that didn't survive. Jeanette married and she wrote this book and her parents ended up homeless on the streets of New York City and the siblings tried to get them help make sure that they were cared for but no matter what they did they always the parents always found a way to end up back on the streets it was just I guess inevitable well I guess it was just a mental issue that they couldn't overcome and so I don't know why somebody wouldn't want to know that there are people on this earth that we share air with. I don't know why people wouldn't want to know that there are people on this earth that struggle more than they do. It was an extremely painful book to read. I can send it home with you if you want. The writing style, it was hard to read it, but she spoke true to word. She spoke. I think when somebody lives through a traumatic situation it's hard to write it eloquently to where somebody wants to read it and really understand and know what they went through that's when you get an editor and and, and it but then again it might not have the the feel that she wants with an editor because in the end a good editor will say tell you these are suggestions uh, i have the book so i'll just read what it says winner of a christopher award Winner of a Books for a Better Life Award, New York Times Notable Book. The Glass Castle is nothing short of spectacular. Memoirs are our modern fairy tales. This is what New York's Times book review said. An autobiographer is faced with the daunting challenge of attempting to understand, forgive, and even love the witch. That's tough because she loved her parents. 
Readers will marvel at the intelligence and resilience of the Walls kids. The Glass Castle is a remarkable memoir of resilience and redemption and a revelatory look into a family at once deep, deeply dysfunctional and uniquely vibrant. When sober, Jeanette's brilliant and charismatic father captured his child's imagination. That reminds me, oh my gosh, something happened and he went sober for quite some time and everything was just like great. And then inevitably he fell off the wagon and fall from grace. Hell wants a rose again. Well, you know, when they said a modern fairy tale, if you look at it in terms of your triumphant in the end, you come through all of these uh, oh. traumatic events and you're triumphant in the end. But some people think that as a fairy tale. Um, fairy tales are happily ever after. I don't like that term because of it, because sometimes there's it, it doesn't always end up happily ever after. But if you look at it in terms of being triumphant, through all of these traumatic events, that might be where they're coming with the word fairy tale. I don't know. I admire her for sharing. Oh, that's courageous. It takes courage to do that because she could have done it as a fictional. She could have done done a fictional account, but she didn't. So that does take courage to do that. The first 175 pages. That's how far I got. It was um, it was just a challenge to read, but I mean, it's true to life shit happens and this is what people face and if you're just who decides that they don't want their child to learn what other people deal with i don't get that especially if you are being groomed to be a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant you have to have empathy and if you take away these true to life stories you take away empathy. You take away the ability of your professional to deal with the people that you want to be your customers. I'll say it again. Power. Power is the reason. You want to control people's thoughts. You want to control their actions, whatever, and you'll use whatever reason behind it. Whether it be God, whether it be that's right or wrong, whether it be you're not going to take away my rights, whether it be that it's, but everybody's rights, they're not concerned about. I don't want to know what your problems were. I just want to know what you're going to do to pay me to take care of you so you can live another day. Okay, but but it's not just about those that have the money. It's also about those that don't have. And I think a lot of it is those that don't have, and that's where they feel, I don't have money, but I can, I can complain about that book. I don't have position, but I can complain about that book. I have nothing, but I can complain about that book. Because I don't have to look at my own life. I can just make sure. There was a movie, uh, we've all heard, 12 Years a Slave, that um, Brad Pitt, our local Springfield boy, uh, was producer of. Won an Academy Award for producing 12 Years a Slave. And it was taken from the book by Solomon Northrup, 12 Years a Slave. He was a free black man in the north sold in slavery and is kidnapped sold in slavery in the south. Disney did a movie on that called Solomon Northrop's Odyssey years ago and in it he after 12 years being a slave he finally gets somebody to come down from the north to prove he's a free man and he can go 
And as he starts explaining to his slave owner, the slave owner gets really mad and said, you can't talk to me like that. I'm still a white man. And that's what it boils down to. I may be low man on the totem pole, even where whites are concerned, but by golly, I'm still going to take that book away from you if I can. So I think, yeah, we'll find it, it power play maybe of those that have, but it's a big power play for those that don't have any at all. That's the way I, that, I saw that as a teacher. I don't have anything, but I can come in here and tell you you're not going to do that to my kid. I saw that as an unwed mother. Okay. I don't have any, I don't have position, I don't have money, but I can come in here and say you're not going to say that to my kid. Oh. You're not going to let my kid read that book. You're not going to touch my kid. You're not going to do this. I can do that. I don't have anything else in this world, but I can say that. Mm. Okay, so we're coming up on book number 12, Looking for Alaska by John Green. Now, this book. Okay, John Green's novel is based on his time at Indian Springs School, and he wrote this book to create a meaningful youth adult fiction. While the story is fictional, the plot is grounded in Green's life as portrayed by his characters and events. The novel follows the main character, Miles, to boarding school, where he goes to seek a quote-unquote great perhaps. Do you know what great perhaps is? Don't look at my notes because I didn't write it down. Great perhaps? It's some kind of poem. Mm-mm. Okay. I didn't write it down. You'll have to look it up. Miles and his friends, Chip, Alaska, and Takumi, grow very close, and this results in Alaska's death. Miles and friends work to discover the missing details of the night Alaska died. That's from Wikipedia. Goodreads says Alaska Young is a gorgeous, clever, funny, sexy, self destructible, screwed up, and utterly fascinating. She is an event unto herself. Pulling Miles into her world, she launches him into the quote-unquote great perhaps and steals his heart. Then, nothing is ever the same. I don't know. Could this be like, I don't, I'm going to say a Nancy Drew novel, but I don't think it is. It, I'm trying to remember the those little crime books that my son used to... Hardy uh, Boys. No. No. Our sons. What did they read? It wasn't... They, oh, come on. I can't remember the series. But, boy, we had to get them. Captain Underpants. That's, <laughs> I'm just joking. That's past. <laughs> All right, so we can't remember that. So what are you thinking of this book about... Look up great, perhaps. Well, it, looks like, it sounds like somebody leading somebody else astray. It's a poem. It sounds like they're trying to, um, okay, novel finds boarding school where he goes to seek a quote-unquote It's the great um, perhaps. Comes from the last words from a famous poet, Francois Yeah, Rebellet. That's, that's why I didn't put in the notes. Said, I, I couldn't I pronounce it. I go now to seek a great perhaps. The quote was made even more famous from the book Looking for Alaska. Well, what is the rest of the poem? Urban Dictionary always gives good stuff. Okay. Is Possibility, question of an existence of an afterlife. The great perhaps, that's the plot. <gasps> oh, I go to seek the great perhaps. Afterlife, I go to seek the afterlife. I'm rereading it. 
seek. I go okay. to seek. The main character, Miles, goes to a boarding school where he goes to seek a grape, perhaps. So he was going to the boarding school because he wanted to seek the afterlife. Is that religious? I don't know. We would. We well, didn't. they're questioning the existence of an afterlife. We Question. Didn't, we didn't read the book, so it could be that he was going there to get religion, and he found this gorgeous, clever, funny, sexy, self-destructive, screwed up, and utterly fascinating Alaska Young, who stole his heart, and then nothing is ever the same. It says. That's why I'm going, so I don't have to wait until I die to start seeking a great perhaps. What? Oh, so it's religious. It is definitely religious. And your religion and your idea of religion, mine can't conflict with it. Who? What? What? It, that's that's the whole, uh, out of all of these, out of everything that is going on now with banning oh, and banner, changing and the whatever. Right, with them and with people who are wanting to only have certain things in history classes and things like that. It's their idea of what they want, their idea of the religion, their idea of what they think of God is, their idea of what Jesus is, their idea of what he taught, their idea of what you can't say or cannot do, their idea of what you can believe and cannot believe. Okay, and if you're talking about an afterlife, it better be their idea. Better be well, heaven that, and hell. Not only that, but their definition of heaven and hell not just a heaven and hell their definition of heaven and right hell. so so very narrow God. i think it's white supremacy but i think that the group of parents are just white supremacy you know we have that big freaking influx of them into branson white and then branson well, elected that new guy and he fired everybody white supremacy in terms of uh, white nationalists in terms Christian nationalists is the new term yeah um, anything that is not Aryan I guess I don't know oh boy what does that smack of oh girl shame on you me what I do no shame on me not thanks you. lord no when you say Aryan what do you think of uh, Nazis bingo and we talked about that yeah in your books well, that's what my first book was all about Okay, book number 13 is called Crank. What do you think Crank is? <laughs> Drugs. I Am I right? It's by Ellen Hopkins. Kudos to Hopkins, who wrote a book to chronicle the turbulent and often disturbing relationship between Christina, a character based on her own daughter, and the highly addictive drug crystal meth, or Crank. Christine is introduced to the drug while visiting her mostly absent father. While under the influence of the drug, Christina discovers her sexy alter ego, Brie. There is no perfect daughter, no gifted high school junior, no Christina. There is only Brie. Brie will do all the things Christina won't, including attracting dangerous boys who can provide her with a steady flow of crank. First of all, Thank you, Ellen Hopkins. I haven't read the book. I haven't had time. But thank you for writing a book to tell how a person, usually a guy, giving a girl a drug for his own personal agenda, knowing she will get hooked on it and continue to do God only knows what to get that dang drug. Immediately hooked, and then she 
the drug gave her an alter ego and she was no longer striving to be the perfect daughter, the gifted high school student. Now, she was Brie. Brie, who could do whatever she needed to do to get crank. And ruined, or, I don't know, because I didn't read the book. I don't know if she lived through it. I don't know if she overcame right. it. But for some lame-ass parent who does not want their child to read about the effects of what this drug could do to your child or your child's friend, your child's cousin, your child's sibling, or your friend's father introducing you to it. That's another way to look it's at just, it. It's just for anybody of this, what it, what acronym did we give him? Poke. No, we, we had to Oh, we him. had to change it. We had to change it. <laughs> Nixa. Uh, Parental some, group. There was something else. I thought it was NCPA, NCPG. Anyway, yeah, yeah. for this matter. Nixa freaking control group that I'm disgusted by it because this, just reading the bio on this book triggered me to an experience I had, which by the grace of God, I wouldn't be here. No. No. Neither might your kids. Neither would my children. But I know, do you have to go right now? Because we have two more books. Three, 14, 15, 16. We'll talk fast. Number 14, The Perks of Being a Wallflower by Stephen Chbosky. Yeah. She's got to go. The character Charlie was created as a deeply affecting coming-of-age story, a powerful novel that will spirit you back to those wild and poignant roller coaster days known as growing up. This is the story of what it's like to grow up in high school. It's more intimate than a diary. Charlie's letters are singular and unique, hilarious and devastating. All we know is that the world of the world is what Charlie shares. Caught between trying to live his life and trying to run from it puts him on a strange course through uncharted territory. The world of first dates, mixed tapes, family dramas, and new friends. The world of sex, drugs, and the Rocky Horror Picture Show, when all requires, all one requires is that perfect song on that perfect drive to feel infinite. Good read. So, a movie was made of this book. Stephen even directed it. I have not read the book nor seen the movie. I'm sure, I think I remember it was kind of popular. <laughs> this is embarrassing. It was a popular a little bit back. Had I somehow kept my childhood notes, letters, journals, rants, I can only imagine what they had said. Just reading these book reviews brings memories flashing backs. Unless they were graphic sex scenes or a murder, I can't understand the harm in sharing or writing about pre-adult years. So many of the books we've talked about today have to do with coming of age and the turmoil and the trauma that you experience or your friend's experience. There, there is an underlying theme here, Cass. Yeah, there is, but we're going to move on. I don't mean to cut you off, no, but I know you have to go. The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. And I have the book. I've read the book. It's an eye-opener. The Handmaid's Tale is a futuristic dystopian novel set in a near-future fut- near New England and a strongly patriarchal, white supremacist, totalitarian, mnemonic state known as the Republic of Gilead, Gilead? Gilead. Gilead, right? Which has overthrown the U.S. government. Okay, this book was written in 1985. Hello, 2022, Cass says. 
Now this is this is made its way onto TV, right? Streaming TV program. A Netflix series. I think I'm not sure. It's on one of the streaming. Yeah. I'm going to move on because she has to. I have a lot to say about this book. I've read the book. It's um, it's basically white men because I didn't see any men of color or women of color in this book. But it's basically white men controlling and hurting white women to have babies for them so that their beautiful wives' bodies weren't marred and that they could continue to teach everybody to continue doing what they were doing, which kind of seems to be the theme of the book band people. I don't know. That's just me out on a branch. Moving on to the final book, number 16, Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison. I have a lot to say about this, so I'm going to try to run through it because... Toni Morrison. I'm going to try to run through it because you have to leave, and I'm trying, and, and I have a lot to say. Okay, so I'm going to read this, and you tell me what I should edit out. Published in 1970. Who y'all been born in 1970? Published in 1970. I didn't realize this book was written in 1970, and I haven't read it, so I did a search on... What rights women had in 1970. I just wanted to do a little background group because we got a lot of shit hitting the fan right now. In February of 1970, members of the NOW, which is an acronym for National Organization of for Women, women mm-hmm. stood up in the U.S. Senate Gallery to demand attention for ERA, which is Equal Rights Amendment. That was in February. In March 18th, on March 18th, feminists staged a sit-in at the Ladies' Home Journal offices demanding changes in a feminist mystique propaganda of, women in, of women's magazines. If y'all don't know or don't have a great-grandma, a grandma who read Ladies' Home Journal, it was the thing. So they sat in. To get some stuff changed and the propaganda changed. Go ahead and tell me. You're talking about, what you're talking about here is they were trying to get rid of the June Cleaver thing. Where you worked all day in a dress in heels and wore pearls and looked gorgeous. And you had the, you had the martini ready for him when he came home. That's the thing, the June Cleaver. That's, these that's, kids these days have no... We're like four generations away from people who barely remember June Cleaver. But we're going to move on because she has to go home. August 26th, 1970, the Women's Strike for Equality had demonstrations across the nation. The strike was held on the 50th anniversary, you heard me right, 50th anniversary of women's suffrage, which was giving us the right to vote. In 1970, when this book was written, they were doing a sit-in to celebrate that women got to ru- the right to vote 50 years prior to 1970. Am I correct? Black men had the right to vote before white women. Yeah, they did. Black men, Asian men, and Native American men, along with, yeah, Asian men, I said that. They all have equal rights in the United States of America. Women of all colors do not have equal rights in America. That's why I'm doing the podcast. But anyway, November 22nd, the Supreme Court case, Reed versus Reed, 
declared sex discrimination a violation of the 14th Amendment. Remember this. 14th Amendment, people. Remember the 14th Amendment as we go forward today. Okay? March 22, 1972. ERA passed the Senate and was sent to the states for ratification. Equal Rights Amendment passed the Senate. Just needed 38 states to vote it in to ratify it. January 2020, the 38th required state ratified ERA, Equal Rights Amendment. February 2020, Senate Majority Mitch McConnell declared he didn't believe in the ERA, Equal Rights Amendment, for women. He didn't believe in it. And it wouldn't see the light of day. January 22nd, there's a theme going here. January 22nd, 1973, Roe v. Wade legalized first trimester abortion. First three months. Three times four is 12 weeks. 12 weeks. That's like you miss one period, you find out you're pregnant, you think about it, what are you going to do? Can you afford to, whatever, whatever reason, doesn't matter, doesn't matter what the reason is. You found out you're pregnant at six weeks, you got six more weeks to decide what you're going to do. They said, yes, you have a right to an abortion. February 2022, it's leaked that Roe versus Wade will be overturned. You don't get no rights, no matter what. Doesn't matter if you're white, black, yellow, red, orange, purple, green, turquoise, female. Doesn't matter. You don't get no rights about what's in your womb. And it doesn't matter if you're raped, if your daddy raped you, your uncle raped you, your brother raped you. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if that baby died in you. Doesn't matter if, whatever reason, it doesn't matter. You you have to what it what it actually says is there it it's it's out of the um, federal hands. They're just going to send it to the states, and the yeah. states actually make the decision. So basically, it takes women fifty years to get basic rights. Go not equal. There we go. Not equal rights, just basic rights, and in fifty years, it get it gets ripped away. Now about Blue, the Bluest Eye book. Bluest Eye is a story of a young African-American girl, Picola, who grew up in Lorraine, Ohio, following the Great Depression. Do y'all not know what a Great Depression is? Some of my listeners don't. Please Google it. Set in 1941, she is consistently regarded as ugly due to her mannerisms and dark skin. This treatment led to her inferiority complex which fuels her desire for the blue eyes she equates with whiteness. The novel is told from Claudia McTeer's point of view. Claudia is the daughter of the foster parents who cared for Picola at different times in her life. Numerous attempts have been made to remove this book from school libraries. The book covers topics of racism, incest, and child molestation. You cannot pick up the newspaper or turn on the TV without hearing of children raped, a stranger or family, minister or school employee. You cannot hear, you cannot pick up the newspaper or TV without racism and people fighting and yelling and name calling to prevent people from educating other people about people who are racist. 
Incest is now to be so protected by USA law that people are getting ready to to remove an incest victim's right to terminate a a pregnancy if she becomes pregnant. This book, published in 1970, and 50-ish years later, the same people who want to control all women are nearly successful. And how, and how evil can you be to force a child to deliver a baby that her family member impregnated her with? A final note. It was reported today that COVID-19 has left 214,000 children without a parent or caregiver. This isn't important to the people of Nixa who demanded 17 times that 16 books need to be removed from their libraries, books that could alert or prevent a child of things that could happen in their school, family, friends, or themselves. When I was in college in Springfield in 1973, I was working at Cox North and housekeeping. There was a girl, 12 years old, who gave birth. And one of the guys I worked with, who was a seminarian, started ranting and raving about how horrible that girl was because she was pregnant. And I was so furious with him that I did. I I said, she had to be 11 when she got pregnant. Who impregnated her? Who the hell should you be mad at? It's not her that was promiscuous. It was the person who forced himself on her. Where is your outrage? Enough! There's something sick about this. This podcast is about banned books because we wanted to say how important it was for our young children who are going through the most traumatic part of their young lives that hormonal change where they're trying to figure out who they are, how to be a good person, and fight the urges that are freaking out their body. But. We can't forget that it's all about power. We've worked for 50 years to correct this wrong. And it's all about power. It's all about one group of people who want to take control of everything. And I could go on and on and on about this, but we are going to... Stop this podcast because my dear friend Deborah drove how many miles out here? It was that was a little over an hour, but that was a good drive. It was it's I, a I, good drive. I listened to some Ricky Nelson and Paul Anka. We're good. Okay, <laughs> so she came out here to, to do this podcast with me, and she has a date with dancing. Tonight. I'm going dancing, and so it took us two podcasts to get this done. It's an important issue, and I think since she's not teaching school anymore retired and she is kind of working on her book but I think I might be able to get her back out here and we can talk some more because we have a lot to talk about yeah and we do it so well (laughs) well yeah let's do it again let's do it again let's do it thanks so much Deborah my pleasure have a great day and keep fighting these people who are fighting books that educate our children that's the most important thing keep the faith keep our children safe Okay, so here's the thing. Um, This drama about the banned books, it just keeps going on and on and on. So 
I'm going to try to bring you up to date on where we're at so far, starting with... So, the Nixa School Board went ahead and they banned two books and they restricted a third. The banned books are called All Boys Aren't Blue, a memoir, manifesto, and Fun Home, a family tragicomic. That's a hard word to say. They invented that, as you can tell. But they banned those two books and then they restricted the third book. So that's where we're on with that to keep you up to date on everything. The ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union, looks to be on the verge of suing the Nixa Public School. They're asking the district to preserve any evidence while a nonprofit mulls over litig litigation. The formal, quote, demand of preservation, end quote, requires Nixa schools to preserve, quote, all tangible and electronic evidence and the suspension of routine destruction of documents that relate to the review and removal of books and other written materials from the school libraries. Now, this was reported in the Springfield News Leader on Thursday, May 19, 2022, in an article written by Andrew Solander. Solander. Okay, so I listed the, the three books involved, the, the two books that were banned, quote, Fun Home, A Family Tragicomic, end quote, and, quote, all Boys Aren't Blue, a memoir manifesto, end quote, from their school library. And then the one book that was restricted, Homegoing. All right, so in their press release about the potential litigation, the ACLU noted many of the banned and restricted books were authored by non-white and LGBTQ plus authors and, quote, featured minority viewpoints, end quote. The First Amendment not only protects our rights to express and share ideas and information, it also, it also protects students' rights to access and receive information. That's what Jillian Wilcox, ACLU of Missouri Deputy Director for Litigation, said in a statement. Okay, complaints against the book stem from a private Facebook group called, quote, Concerned Parents of Nixa, end quote. The group formed with the goal of, quote, fighting questionable books and curriculum and other materials such as sex education in the Nixa public schools, end quote. The Nixa parent who made the requests to remove the banned books wrote on Facebook, that she she anticipated a lawsuit. Now, yesterday, which would have been Saturday, May 21st, 2022, I interviewed a candidate who is running for Missouri Senate District 30. That district encompasses Springfield, Missouri. And we talked about some of these issues, of which she was pretty passionate. So, um, look forward to finding my next podcast release, which should be with that candidate, Angela Romine. Until next time, have a great day. Pick up a book and read it. Don't let anybody stop you.